loaded show. Honorado and company, Chris Honorado, Ashley Miller, so much to get to from Major League Baseball's winter meetings, especially. Uh, the college football playoff matchups are now set. We've got the hysterical Joe Gatto, comedian from Impractical Jokers, on the show this week. And what am I forgetting, Ash? Uh, Triple D. We've got, We've got Triple D. Industrial We've got NFL picks. Yeah, we've got the firewall <laughs> segment as well. We'll be talking with Ethan Walker. And the Christmas decorations are up in the Honorado oh. household. You can see the tree and the stockings behind Ash. Let's get going. This is Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpen House. Our guest picker this week will be uh, from Performance Industrial, one of our local business partners on the show that's coming up uh, midway through the show. But we get things started here the way we should, and that is with the big news that has happened in San Diego, Major League Baseball's winter meetings, more than one and a half billion dollars spent on 18 players in San Diego at ML at Major League Baseball's winter. I love the winter meetings. I am glued to MLB Network and to Twitter for the entirety of the winter meetings. Um, and this was a really good one. Yeah, it, listen, it was really good. But it's not hard to believe that $1.6 billion was spent when you're looking at contracts of $360 million, $280 million. That money flies out the door. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, right. You're talking about Judge at 360, Turner at 300, Bogarts at 280. Yep. Uh, here, here are the big names, right, that, that signed. Judge is back to the Bronx, and I tweeted this out. Like, you just you couldn't be the general manager that let Aaron Judge right. leave this franchise. So he takes less money to stay a member of the Yankees and to presumably get the captain of that ball club haven't seen one since jeter um the mets load up on the rotation they get verlander and quintana i'm, I'm sure they aren't done but but they'll make minor moves from here phillies are loaded up to try to repeat as yeah. nl champions by getting trey turner maybe the best short for me he's the best shortstop on the market um and they add taiwan walker and a bullpen piece as well cardinals pull a guy from the cubs in Wilson Contreras and the Padres didn't get judge and they didn't get Turner. And they said, we are still ready to spend. And they went and got Xander Bogarts. It, it was a very interesting few days in San Diego. Yeah. And I think, listen, we, we saw a report from John Heyman that judge was headed to the giants for about five and a half seconds. Judge was a New York giant or uh, sorry, a San Francisco giant, yep. which was a little bit wild. And I think all, you know, you hear the rumblings of like reports, a lot of the reports had Bogarts going back to Boston and all of a sudden I wake up in the middle of the night and Bogarts is a Padre. Not surprising because like you said, the Padres lost out on a few people that they went after. The Giants are the ones who have yet to get anyone. It's it's like always a bridesmaid, never a bride for that team. Mitch Haniger, okay, but like he wasn't one of the top, top names on the free agent market. So they certainly haven't done enough to win. There are names left out there, but they haven't done enough to win yet. We've, we haven't talked about Jacob deGrom going to a Rangers team that has massive contracts on the books 
And yet I still don't think they're ready to win. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the giants are an interesting case for me because I felt like if they were to get judge, they might try to pile on from there when they didn't get judge. I think they might say, okay, let's stand pat. We're not in a position to necessarily win. They bring Jock Peterson back on the qualifying offer, but I don't, unless I'm wrong and unless, Correa and Swanson are in play for them. Yeah, um, I don't, maybe. and I don't think they really are. I think the Giants kind of sit back and say, "Okay, we're, we'll take our swing kind of the next time around here." I would expect Carlos Rodon to now go somewhere else as well. Uh, and so, yeah, you said it. Maybe the Giants are, are the ones kind of left holding the bag a little bit after uh, after these winter meetings. So you're right. Degrom signs on Friday with the Rangers, five years, 185 million dollars. Rangers have to overpay. Because they've never, I mean, when's the last time they had good pitching? You you can't remember it. They've signed guys who you thought, oh, maybe this will work out. It never did. So you spent a ton of money on Seager and Simeon last year. You have to try to win. You needed pitching. DeGrom is the one way you can try to do that. Yeah, I I think so. And uh, for me, it was a good move looking at the contract that he got from Texas. It's a good move that the Mets didn't pay him that. This is a guy who made. And I saw this stat and I was like, wow, that's crazy. He made six starts last year and Mm. they still won a hundred games. Like they didn't need Jacob deGrom to be good. Had he been healthy, do they not lose in the playoffs as early as they do? Yeah, maybe. But to replace him days later with a guy like Justin Verlander, and I'll take Justin Verlander who minus the one season where he had Tommy John threw a ton last year and was really, really good. He looked like the Justin Verlander of old. I'll take my chances, we'll call it, on a two-year $86 million contract over the five-year 185 yeah. that yeah. that DeGrom got. Because I know Verlander's old, but just having, like, just last year, just using last year as the sample size, I want the recent success and the recent, you know, health of Verlander over DeGrom. Three-time Cy Young Award winner to go along with a three-time Cy Young Award winner Correct. in Max Scherzer, Jose Quintana as well, which I think and I is think a that's sneaky, a super underrated signing. Sneaky, Quintana. really good signing. Yep. I would have loved to have had Quintana in the Braves rotation at two years, twenty-six million dollars. There is a third year for Verlander if the Mets want to pick it up at thirty-five million dollars. All right, so maybe you've already hit it, but do you have a big takeaway from these winter meetings that you haven't already discussed? I mean, I think the Phillies and the Mets are the biggest winners so far of the winter meetings. I feel like both of those teams are loaded up. The Mets have – their Mets rotation is better than it was last year in my mind because Jacob deGrom didn't throw last year. So, to me, it's better than it was last year. And I think the Phillies, when you just look at the star power of that lineup, they already had JT Realmuto. They already had Bryce Harper. Now they add a Trey Turner who, aside from being a phenomenal shortstop, is one of the best offensive weapons that will be on that team. So to me, that division got infinitely more interesting. And now the Braves have to start thinking like, man, we got to do something, whether it's bring back Dansby or bring in Correa. If we don't get, you know, there has to be something done, I think, for the Braves to keep pace in that division. Yeah, I'm with you. Atlanta can't just sit around and and hope that what they've got is good enough. Kenley Jansen leaves for Boston. They did then trade for a reliever in Detroit. And they have Jose Iglesias, who will be, the uh, closer, uh, Rysel Iglesias, who will be the closer they got at the deadline last year from Anaheim. So uh, there, there is work to do if Atlanta is going to make it six straight NL East championships. My biggest takeaway here is players 
are choosing the place, not the money. Both Judge and Turner left money on the table to go to a, a location destination of choice. Judge yeah, said, but Philly's not a destination over LA. He's like, an East Coast guy. He's got family in New Jersey. I, I think that was a, a real concerted decision. Like, hey, I'm I'm going to the East Coast. I've spent the last few years in LA. And if my other great offer is San Diego compared to Philly, I'd rather be on the East Coast. He left back in the day, 20 years ago, the Players Association would never let guys get away with this. They would say you have to take what the most the, the biggest offer because it it provides for more opportunities down the road for other free agents. Judge left 40 million on the table and an extra yeah. year. And Turner got 300, but maybe he was going to get 330 from somebody. I mean, an absurd amount of money. And he said, I, I, I'm good. I'd rather pick the place where I want to go. And maybe Philadelphia, okay, not to tick off Philly people, isn't necessarily a destination. It wouldn't be for me. But when you put him into that lineup, Ash, yeah. right, mm-hmm. if the Dodgers weren't really come trying to keep him, Okay, if I can't be in that Dodgers lineup, give me this Phillies lineup. Yeah, think about all the runs he's going to score and bases he's going to steal in that lineup. Either mm-hmm. hitting first or second behind Schwarber or right in front of him. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I, and and listen, I think it's crazy that you you're like, hey, you can't leave money on the table. You have to take the money. Well, there are so many things that go into a decision of what makes a player happy. Yeah. What's the difference? And I say this, and and there is a difference, obviously, but the difference between three hundred and three forty. No different. I mean, no different for a player like that. Forty million. When you talk about just forty million dollars, forty million dollars to me and you is a lot of money. But three hundred and three forty at the end of the day, it's more money than you can ever spend, and you're good for life, and so are your kids. So you have to also factor in other things. Quick thought from Nick here. Same team sign everyone. Rich get richer. Need a salary cap. You know they're they're trying with this competitive balance tax, um, but it's not. It's not good enough, Nick, to Nick's point. It's just, it's it's not good enough. You're right. The, the rich will continue to get richer uh, in this sport for now. All right, we had big news break on Thursday morning regarding Brittany Griner. We're getting to that right after the break here in our performance industrial, dirty, difficult, done. Back in 30 seconds. The temperatures are dropping, which means the holidays are right around the corner. Tis the season at Elfenhouse Ski Shop, where you'll receive up to 50% off top ski and snowboard brands like K2, Vocal, Nordica, and LipTech. And check out our selection of footwear from Muck and Ugg, as well as casual and hiking apparel from Patagonia and the North Face. We also have the latest in winter fashion from Fly Low, Marmot, Obermeyer, and Helen Hansen. And an Elfenhouse gift card is the perfect gift for the adventurer on your list. Elfenhouse in Amsterdam and Clifton Park. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Elfenhouse. All right, let's go. Joe Gatto still on the way. The comedian who is bringing his night of comedy tour to the Palace Theater in downtown Albany before the new year. We'll talk with Joe in just a few moments here about the tour, uh, about his career with Impractical Jokers on TV for so long, and why he names all of his dogs after Italian foods. <laughs> and I did, I did ask him... How many dogs have you had in the house at one time? The number will blow you away. Not even you, Ashley Miller, who loves dogs more than humans, would find this to be an acceptable number. Not okay. even you. Okay. Not even you. 
We'll see. Uh, we do this each and every single week here on Honorado and Company. It is Performance Industrials. Dirty, difficult, done. And now, Dirty, Difficult, and Done. Presented by Performance Industrial. Shout out to Bill Miller and his great team at Performance Industrial. There is no job that is too dirty or too difficult for them to get it done. Ash, you're up. All right, I'm on the clock. And Colorado football has been very difficult to watch in the past 10, 20 years. I'm going to say it will no longer be difficult to watch, and this will happen fast because it's primetime. It's Deion Sanders. Deion leaves Jackson State, which I know there are some people who have an issue with, uh, mm-hmm. to take the job at Colorado. It's a it's a better job. It's not a good job in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. but it's a better job, and he will make it a destination. We talked about destinations. He's already making it a destination, and the thing I find most amazing about this is he convinces a guy like Sean Lewis – who is a head coach at Kent State, who yep. has Kent State in a position to win and win now yep. at the mid-major level, the FCS, whatever the <clears throat> correct terminology is. He convinces him to leave the head coaching job at Kent State to be his offensive coordinator. He's now just hired an Alabama assistant coach to be his defensive coordinator and Charles Kelly. He is loaded. Willie Taggart is going to be on this staff. This staff is loaded, and it's clear that Colorado has changed its mindset because you're not paying these guys nothing to make these moves. These are going to be high-paid assistants, which has to be a change from the norm for them, and Colorado football is going to be back, and it's going to be back fast. You saw a picture there in the slideshow of Dion and Snoop. Okay, Back in the day when Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart and Lendell White and all those USC guys were doing their thing, Snoop was on the sideline constantly, and he'll always be a USC guy. But when you get Snoop to a Jackson State game, Snoop will find his way to Colorado. That culture is going to attract so many teenage football players in this country. Within the first 48 hours of Dion having been announced as the head coach, there were more than 200 contacts from either kids who were ready or thinking about committing at a high school or guys in the transfer portal. Players are they 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 are curious. Like I say they want to play for him. They are curious about how it's going to go with Coach Prime in Colorado. I think it's going to go well, and I think in the next three years, he'll be somewhere else. And so yeah. this is a stepping stone. You're right. It's not a good job. It's not a great job, but it, it, it was going to – He'll make it a good job. When his son is done, he is probably then on to the next school because he will have proven that he can recruit there and will therefore be able to recruit other places uh, as well. It, it is. It, it's, it's exciting to watch. All right, this is the news that broke Thursday morning. Brittany Griner freed from a Russian prison. Nearly 10 months. Um, And this is good news, okay? We have an American who was wrongfully held in Russia. But it's not great news. No. Because this isn't a trade that a commissioner's office would even approve in the world of sports. We are getting Brittany Griner back, and that is great. But the man there, also seen with her in the split screen, is known as the Merchant of Death, Victor Boot, who was in his 11th year of serving a 25-year sentence for having been found guilty of conspiring to sell AK-47s that would then be used to kill DEA agents. So 
Seems very Great news on the surface to get Brittany Griner yeah. back, and I'm glad she's no longer in a Russian prison. But there are two strikes that didn't work out here, and one, it's not an equal trade. Okay, It'd be difficult to find an equal trade for the merchant of death. But we also are not getting Paul Whelan back, who is a retired Marine who is, again, being held in Russia. He had a 16-year sentence, and he is in year number four of that. He was a retired U.S. Marine. He was attending a friend's wedding in Moscow in December of 2018 and was detained at a hotel in Moscow, accused of espionage, which the U.S. has denied, which Whelan has denied, and we weren't able to get that done. So this is not a political statement. It's great that Griner is coming back, WNBA star, Olympic champion, as he saw as well. Um, this is big news across the world, and so we are talking about it here on Honorado and Company. Of course, it has a sports angle to it, um, and so I'm happy that she's coming home. Her wife no is thrilled. The Biden administration gets this deal done before Christmas. I'm sure it's not a, a deal that they wanted to do either, though. Like you've, and I said this before. I hope Americans learn something from this whole situation because you've now put your country in a situation where they have to make a decision like this. Not ideal. Here's my question. And and again, not political. I'm going to make it, I'm going to put it on sports. This deal has been on the table for months. Yeah. And they just, they must've felt like they weren't going to get the Marine at at any point. Merchant of death for Griner. If, if the, if the if there were a trade in the sports world that was on the table for months and then finally you pull the trigger, you say, well, what took so long? Right. Because you didn't upgrade the situation. You're not getting anything better than was previously offered. So what took so long? That's kind of where I am on this. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I think they probably thought they could negotiate it because two for the one seems like a fair to us seems like a fair trade for yep. the the offenses, the violations, whatever, the crimes committed yep. by both parties seems like two for one would be a fair trade. So my guess is the U.S. thought they could get two for one and Russia held its ground. But this is what I mean. Now, Now this is the precedent that we've set. So you have to understand, it feels like Russia isn't going to play fair in this game. So, and not that Whalen did anything wrong either. We don't know that he did anything wrong, but this is like, this is what's happening I'm not going to Russia anytime soon. I'll tell you that much. International relations with Owen Co. Nick is watching. He's got a big who day today. The Bengals with a huge win over the Chiefs on Sunday. Sam is watching. Sam, good morning. Season's greetings to you. The Bengals got one of my few wins. J-Man is on his way to the Grand Canyon. He's up early and watching us. We really appreciate that. All right, we come back here on Honorado and Company. Our conversation with the comedian and hysterical Joe Gatto coming to the Palace Theater on December 30th. We're back in a minute. Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you. Providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day. Like we have been since 1957. Helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, and many more. Shop Marcellus Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. You've heard of unsung heroes. The men and women of NYSCOBA are the unseen heroes. For the past year, you've learned about our many charitable endeavors. Now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members, the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions. 
and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. NYSCOBA honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. Back on Honorado and Company, it's Chris Honorado, and joined now by the hysterical Joe Gatto. His Here I am. <laughs> coming to Albany, the Palace Theater, it is Joe Gatto's Night of Comedy, Friday, December 30th. Be there at the Palace Theater in downtown Albany. Of course, you know him from Impractical Jokers, the Tenderloins, the two cool moms podcast if i continue on we'll run out of time here joe it's so great to see you man thanks hey, for doing thank it. you thank you for having me i really appreciate it uh let me just ask you off the rip here this this tour is kind of relentless i've looked at the schedule and you're going back to back to back a bunch of times man at any point does this get old for you to be on stage in front of a crowd no, I mean, it's been fantastic. It really, I've actually ramped it up because it's it's been going so well and the people have been wanting to, to come out and laugh during these times when we all need it, including myself. So it's been, uh, it's been a really fantastic ride to be up there on stage and uh, get in front of everybody. Obviously, Impractical Jokers was such a huge hit on TV. Um, but I'm curious, like, does funny translate? Because I've seen that you've taken the comedy tour overseas. But even from, like, Albany, New York, to Arkansas, yeah. to Vegas, to to London. Do, does funny translate, or do you have to carefully kind of craft what you're doing? For my kind of funny, um, I'm consistently uh, funny enough everywhere I go. I think <laughs> I think it's it's been interesting because you know with with me, people have gotten to on on the television show. You really just I was me, right? I was Joe, and that's all I am. So people, if you knew me and like me there, you get an hour of me now by myself. So you get to know me on a, on a different level. And I, I think that's what translate. It's not like it's not like I do like uh, locational humor and stuff. Like some of my jokes, you know, you have to change the wording a little bit. People don't understand a little bit. I have to slow down how fast I speak when I'm off. I'm out of the Northeast because I start yeah. ripping and I speak really fast and very Italian with my hands. <laughs> but as far as the stories go, I mean, it's really about you know my life on Jokers and my my friendship with the boys and and I tell you know stories about that parenting you know about my about my kids rescuing dogs and uh, I spend a lot of time on stage talking about uh, the best way to live an awkward life I spend some of my time up there like a TED talk <laughs> letting you know how to live your best awkward life because it's the only way to live <laughs> the dogs have a Twitter account yep. you have a you have a book called the dog father That's how right. many how many dogs at one time have you actually had in the house um 30 uh we we have a sanctuary there it's called ghetto pups and friends we've just yep. got launched our uh our nonprofit, and um you know they're it's been through there. We've got lots of dogs that are just, you know, mostly seniors. So it's, they just sit around, get their belly rubbed, nap, wake up, eat, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. It's not like we have a bunch of like huge uh, great Danes running around. So uh, they're mostly a bunch of lazy dogs. They just need a little bit of love at the end of their lives. And uh, it's been, it's been really great. It's been a really great journey to do that for them and rewarding on both sides. There's nothing like the love of a rescue dog, man. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you said it. Uh, and what I love too is, you have kind of named all of these dogs the way we all generally feel. We just want to lay around and have our bellies rubbed after too many cannolis yes. or too much pasta or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why, why the names <laughs> of what they are? 
No, they're all named after Italian uh, desserts and pasta dishes because that's on brand for me. It wouldn't make much sense if they're named after like exercise routines, right? I couldn't have, you know, treadmill push-ups. Like that doesn't make sense, you know? So I got, I got them all, you know, there are a bunch of them, cannoli, biscotti, spumoni, the brother and sister, fettuccine, Alfredo. Like we got them all. <laughs> uh, do you go cannolis with or without chocolate chips? Um, I'm a, I'm a classic guy. So they normally with the chocolate chip in there and I, and I, I do enjoy it, um, yeah. but I'll take a cannoli anyway. They're, they're made, you know? <laughs> So here's here's what you do, man. When you get to Albany, make sure your team either yep. stops at Bella Napoli or Bellini's. Those okay, are the two spots that I'll recommend in the general area of the theater where you can get a, a good cannoli. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, for for me, whenever in my rider, you know, the thing that you tell people when you show up at a venue, what what you need in your green room. I always one of the bullet points on my rider is an assortment of local pastries. <laughs> There it is. Bella Napoli is your place then. Oh, go. Bella Napoli it is, man. I'm excited now. Oh, I can't wait for it. I'll end my year strong there before I take the stage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Before you get into the New, year, New Year's resolutions, yep. using cannolis. <laughs> um, we mentioned the podcast. It's Two Cool Moms. I'm curious, what is the worst piece of maternal advice you've given despite having thought it was good advice? <laughs> we actually heard back from one person. <laughs> that was it's funny because you forget like people can get back in touch with you after you're giving you're not giving it to them just in a vacuum yeah <laughs> hey man <laughs> that didn't work out we had a guy who was complaining about us a situation at work and we told him that you know the best thing to do is just to be upfront with their boss and you know you know say you know this is the issue i was having or something like that and then we had, you know we heard back from them saying that um they did that and then the person the next day came up to them and was like, hey, man, why didn't you just come to me and we could have worked it out? Like, why'd you have to go to my boss? We didn't even like think of that part. We weren't even like, oh, go to the person that you got the problem with. We're like, oh, just go to your boss and tell them. So like we made this person a snitch, which is so off brand for me as an Italian. Like, you know, you, you know, rat. <laughs> so it was so, I was like, oh, why didn't we tell them to go to that person? So, yeah, that was a misstep. <laughs> Can you give me the genesis of that podcast? Why, why kind of that perspective you guys are tackling? You know, it's I've always uh, I've always heard from people that I'm I'm a consigliere for a lot of people, right? I'm somebody that people come to and I try to give the best advice for them and and, and try to help them out. I'm mainly a positive person, especially through all the stuff I've been through in my life, and I try to keep a positive outlook. Um, and my mom was always just such a strong force that way. Like always like, you know, you get through it day by day, stay strong, keep it going, you know, be kind to people and things. So I think it just got embedded in me in such a way that once I had a platform, I had always preached that, you know. And I've done it for my friends in my circle. But now that I'm so connected with my fans, mm. you know, I feel like a friend to a lot of fans. So I think people kind of relied on me for that, just not only to, to give them laughter and whatnot, but my perspective and, um, you know, advice, if you will, or not even just just seeing what I do and being out there and be like, look, I've I fail. I've failed. And, you know, things happen and you just got to keep going. So yeah. I, I just think people take to that. All that good stuff, the podcasts, all the even shorter videos on Joe's YouTube channel. You want to follow him on Twitter and Instagram. It's simple. Both platforms at Joe underscore Gatto. Um, you're kind of I'm going to dovetail right into what you, you led me into, which I wanted to ask you about. Um, did you ever get have you ever gotten maybe you're still getting pushback from people who are like, just make me laugh. Like, I, I don't want to deal with the serious stuff because. I know you're obviously, look, we talked a little bit about the dogs already, but the anti-bullying stuff that you preach as well, which is so important. Yeah. But do you get pushback from people who are like, hey, man, aren't you just a comedian? Like, can't you just make me laugh? No, I, I get embraced for that a lot because I don't talk politics. 
I don't get into the mix with stuff like that. I, I'm an escape for people. That's what I am. That's my purpose here, right? I don't get on stage and get up there and do, I don't do political humor either way. I don't chime in. I don't give advice on those kind of things. Like I, I, I'm more is like, look, that's not why you're coming to me. You know, I, there's people out there that know so much more than me. Those are the people to go to. If you want to educate yourself in that way, I, I don't think you care what I think. And I'm, I know enough about that. So with the anti-bullying stuff, I speak from a place that that's happened to me. I've been yeah. bullied. You know, I grew up being bullied and I turned out okay. So that's really where I do with that. And I do that in those forums. Like when I talk at the Comic-Con panels with my partners, Pop Culture, uh, Hero Coalition, like that's when I spend it. Like, and if people ask me about it, I'll talk about it, mm -hmm. you know, or if I see something and I think it needs to be addressed, like we were on tour and we were walking through a town. <laughs> I forgot where we were. Oh, Savannah, Georgia. And we we're walking down through Georgia and there was these group of girls and they were just playing these teen girls they're like 13 14 they were all playing together and as i was walking by you know you hear snippets of conversation right i'm walking by and one girl goes ha ha now you now nobody likes you she said to the girl and it just stopped me in my tracks and i turned to her i said oh i said is that your friend and she goes yeah i said is that nice to say to your friend and she goes well no she did it to me first i'm like doesn't make it right didn't make you feel good right and she was like yeah and then they just started talking and she was like and it, they talked about it and i walked away and in hindsight, I was like, oh, that was nice to do. But then I was like, oh, it's also kind of weird because they have no idea who I am. <laughs> I'm just this middle-aged man stopping talking and correcting other people's children. Teenage <laughs> girls. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's just part of my life, you know, and I just, I try to do what I can. No, I love that, man. Um, Savannah is such a cool little town such too, cool isn't town. it? Yeah, I had never been. It's yeah. awesome. As you've toured the country, give me a spot that maybe other than Savannah surprised you. Like, I'd, I would go back there. I had never, I had just performed, I have now performed live comedy in all 50 states, which is a, a goal for me. That's awesome. Great. Yeah. My last one was North Dakota, which I grabbed. Um, but I went to Wyoming, which I had never been to. And your eyeballs, you just don't understand what you're looking at. Yeah. Like it's, it's like you're living on a postcard. Like you just, it's so beautiful. There's so much land, right? Yeah. I'm from, uh, you know, East Coast, New York, right? There's just so much space. It's crazy. Like just to see the rolling, you know, the mountains and everything and just feel it all, which is really, really cool for me. Yeah, I'm small town, northern northeastern part of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. If you had a quarter of an acre, man, it was like the biggest yard you've ever seen. <laughs> you're, you're, like, a, you're a Rockefeller. You're a landowner. Yeah. You're in the real estate game. <laughs> yeah. All right, so on the New York thing, this is going to run on our sports talk show as well. Sure. Uh, Yankees, Mets, Giants, Jets. Wh where do you? Where do the allegiances yeah. lie? Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't get political. I don't pick sports teams. I don't want nobody. I don't want to hear nothing. No, I don't really follow sports at all, but I am a hometown guy. If New York's playing, I'm rooting for New York. When they're playing against each other is when it gets interesting. <laughs> like there was a subway series back in the early 2000s where the Mets and the Yankees were playing each other. Yep. And uh, Sal had gotten together with a bunch of his friends, his guy friends from college that were all, they're all like diehard Mets or Yankees, or whatever. So everybody shows up and they're wearing the Yankees, like 30 guys in a basement watching the game. Right. And they're like in there, like Mets or Yankees, whatever. And I showed up with just like an, I love New New York t-shirt on and every time somebody scored I jumped up and I was like yeah yeah and yelled at each other's faces and about like the third or fourth run people realized what was going on they're like wait they're like Joe they're like what do you like I'm like I'm going for New York they're like you got to pick a team you got to pick a team I'm like I got to go and I left the party <laughs> but there's nothing like New York sports when it's good right I mean there's sure. nothing like it for sure yeah yeah I mean I, I love going out to live games and stuff and and cheering people on but this this I don't really watch on TV but like a live football game I love I grew up going to a couple games with my dad and stuff you know I grew up in a Giants house but my sister's like diehard Jets fan so it's like it's interesting <laughs> yeah Long Island usually Mets and Jets and Islanders and Jets, yeah cool all right man before I let you get out of here when people come to see you at the palace on December 30th 
what are we getting? If, if all I know of you is kind of the pod or impractical jokers, mm -hmm. um, what, what Joe am I getting? You've said we got, we get an hour of, of just you. What is yeah. that? Yeah. The good thing about me is I'm consistent, right? Wherever you see me, it's really pretty much who I am on the TV show. I didn't play a character. Yep. You know, when you hear me on the podcast, it's Joe talking. So if, if you enjoy me, you get an hour of me and I promise I guarantee three to five laughs. That's what you're going to get walking in the door. That's in your pocket. And uh, what better way to end the year than just laughing and reflecting. And uh, I'm excited to do with the people up there in Albany before I uh, finish out the year. So. I love that, man. Well, you're bouncing around like crazy uh, as you come to us from New Hampshire, which will be the night before. Make sure you get the cannolis and uh, and all the other pastries you need to, to finish the year out strong. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> you, now you know it, man. Put that note into your team right now. So they're prepared. Uh, he's on Cameo. He's got the book, which we mentioned, the podcast, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. He's everywhere. Joe, thank you for the time, man. Everybody go out, get those tickets now. The best way to do it, you see it scrolling the bottom of your screen, palacealbany.org when Joe Gatto's night of comedy comes to town. Joe, thank you, man. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm happy to be part of the end company. <laughs> Love it. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Funny guy, that Joe Gatto. Again, December 30th. You want to check him out at the Palace. That's where he will be before the new year rings in. All right, Ash, let's get to the NFL pick segment on Honorado and Company. And now your weekly NFL Pick'em, presented by Pick 6 Vodka. Holly and Serge and the entire team up at Saratoga Courage Distillery and that Pick 6 Vodka that is so good. Here we go, Ash. How are we doing? Look at that. Hmm? Pretty good. I mean, my record is still 10 games under 500, but yeah. whatever. Five in one week's pretty good. Uh, Ed Reveille from Performance Industrial coming up to be our guest picker this week. We'll show you how those guest picks are going. But for now, let's get into what we think is going to happen in week 14. Jets Bills. I am on the Jets. That's a yeah. big number for me, nine and a half. And we're still rolling with Mike White. I think he keeps them competitive in Buffalo. Yeah, this is I'm going against kind of what I've done all year. I, I got off the Buffalo bandwagon because they didn't cover big spreads. And this one felt for me, I wasn't super impressed with the Jets last week. This one felt for me like they could get it done. So right, five point loss in Minnesota. Not terrible. Yeah. Uh, next game on the slate, Eagles Giants. Eagles favored here by a touchdown to win on the road. We both think they'll cover. Yeah, I just think, listen, the Eagles are one of the best teams going, have been all season. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah, 11 and 1, and I think they win by a touchdown there uh, as well. And the Giants find a way to, to hang into the playoff picture, though, still. 
Browns and Bengals. Uh, Deshaun Watson's second game back with Cleveland. You have to figure he'll look better and more comfortable than he did in that game where yeah. he was getting booed basically every I mean, snap of the first half. He didn't look like he had any idea what was going on in that no. game. And the Bengals have struggled with Joe Burrow. The Bengals have struggled against Cleveland, but we both like Cincinnati here to cover. Yeah, uh, Knicks, Bengals gave me a nice win last week. I went Bengals over the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and that got me a dub. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Well, well this is Navy because this is Syracuse colors. Again, it's Navy. It, it is Navy. It's not black, but the orange is for the Bengals. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Vikings and Lions. This was a pick em. I think it's yep. actually swung in favor of Detroit here okay. in the last 24 hours, but we both still say the Vikings on the road, one o'clock game. That's important. I know mm-hmm. people laugh at that kind of stuff. Kirk Cousins plays better at one o'clock. We both think Minnesota wins. Because maybe you're giving us points at this, but right. we'll take it even at even that the Vikings find a way to beat Detroit, who's playing really well yeah. and right on the verge of that NFC playoff picture. Yep. Listen, I love Detroit this year, but for me, an even money line and a pick 'em game, I'm just going to pick who I think is the better team. Yep. I, it doesn't mean I don't think Detroit can win because I think they can, uh, but I'm going with the Vikings like you. Yeah, weather not a factor, obviously. San Francisco and Tampa Bay, interesting game here. Mm -hmm. Niners are home, three-and-a-half-point favorites. The line has not moved since the news of Jimmy Garoppolo's basically season-ending injury with a broken foot. Brock Purdy played pretty darn well in relief. I still think the difference here is that Tampa's just not very good. They don't score a lot of points, and I think they score even fewer than normal, if you will, because this defense is really, really good in San San Francisco. They're going to win the division, even with Brock Purdy as the quarterback. I think the Niners win and cover at home. Yeah, for me, the Purdy thing is a little tough. And he looked good, and from everything you've heard from the San Francisco camp, it's that he doesn't seem like a rookie. He seems like a veteran. He comes in. He's calm, cool, collected. The Brady (coughs) – excuse me, the Brady – drive to end the game for me just kind of gave me that nostalgia of like, well, it's still there. You give him a little and he'll take it all. Yeah. So I, I'm prisoner of the moment back toward the Bucks. Yeah, he's, he did that against the Saints Monday night. He did it against the Rams a couple of weeks ago. Dolphins and Chargers here. We both like Miami Sunday night on News Channel 13 and NBC. The Finns are two and a half point favorites despite being the road team. All right, let's bring in our guest here on Honorado and Company, and it is Ed Revely from Performance Industrial, where they say, dirty, difficult, done. Ed, thanks for hanging out and taking the time with us, man. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. We'll get your thoughts on our picks in a second, but here's what you're up against. These are our guest pickers. Now, as a local business partner to the show, you're you're facing the Andy Hex, Nick Matalones, Jeff Vukalix, novices of the world, not the nonprofits here. So right there doesn't look like stiff competition. Three and three is the best on the board, but Jimmy Miller posted a four and two and then pick six a couple of weeks ago. Sponsor of the segment had a perfect six and oh, so that is the number to, you can't beat it, but that is the number to match here, whether or not you guys can go six and oh, so keep that in mind before we run through your picks here. We say it every week on the show when we do our segment, which is sponsored by Performance Industrial, that there is no job that's too dirty or too difficult for your team to get it done. So from kitchen renovation to cleaning and HVACs and epoxy flooring and all that stuff, give us in the Capital Region all a good idea of 
what you guys are able to do on a daily basis? Well, Chris, I, I mean, we have, a you know, some different crews working at Performance Industrial and, uh, you know, kitchen exhaust cleaning is definitely a dirty, greasy job as we're cleaning uh, the ductwork that goes from the actual kitchen to the roof. So yeah. uh, it's a greasy, dirty job uh, that the crews handle, uh, but uh, they get them clean and it's all about safety and fire hazards. And uh, so those crews do a very good job. And uh our epoxy flooring crews are always busy uh, doing work in uh, fire stations and locker rooms and bathrooms and schools. And we're in a lot of different, uh, you know, industrial type facilities. Uh, over my years, uh, we've seen a lot of different uh, manufacturing processes, which actually uh, make it uh, for a very interesting job uh, being we're in so many different places. Yeah, you, you did the floor at Novice Clothing Company, which is very cool. It's a smaller space, certainly, compared to some of the things you just rattled off. But uh, you do some of the big, most industrious kitchens in the capital region as well when you start to think about big-time restaurants and catering business is in the 518. All right, Ed, here are the picks. You like the bills here, big number, nine and a half at home. And I understand you may have had a little bit of input by committee on some of these picks. Why Buffalo? Well, I mean, I think uh, the key is going to be uh, Josh Allen and, uh, you know, not turning the ball over in the red zone, which uh, he was uh, better about that last week. I know he struggled a couple of weeks throwing some interceptions, but, uh, you know, Buffalo's division record, uh, you know, they really need a win. And uh, being at home, I just uh, mm. I think they're going to uh, put some points on the board and uh, hopefully cover that spread. We've got a lot in common in these games. Yeah. We're all Eagles, all Bengals, all Vikes here before we differ again. Yeah, uh, you know, I think uh, the 49ers, I, I know there's a you know, big question with uh, the quarterback, but uh, I think Shanahan is, you know, a coach in San Fran that just seems to, uh, no matter who the quarterback is, you know, he always has a very good uh, offensive scheme uh, and uh, he's able to just put some points up. Yeah, and you're going to have McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, and there, there's enough support there offensively to carry Brock Purdy. Um let me go back to the Vikings pick here, Ed. Is Minnesota for real in your minds? They're second in the NFC. If Philly were to stumble and the Vikings were to win, they would vault actually into first place in that in that conference. You know, I think the Vikings are a lot like the Giants. They just they don't get a lot of respect, and uh, you know that's why I think the spread's even uh, because their record. You would think that they're you know would be a big time favorite, but uh, I think that Detroit's just played really well, and uh, you know Detroit can put some points up. Uh, so I mean, it's a tough game, but I you know it's hard picking against uh, you know the Vikings with uh, you know the spread being even. It's funny that you say that because I feel like what you said about them not getting a lot of respect, it's almost how I feel about them is like, I just, despite the record, I'm just not convinced that they're not that they're not for real, but that they're one of the best teams in the NFL. It's hard to wrap your mind yeah. around. Yeah, they just seem to win every week, yeah. uh, but they just don't convince anybody that, you know, right. they're as good as they are. <laughs> but then when you watch Justin Jefferson's Jeff, Jefferson well, play, you think, okay, this yeah. has got to be one of the best teams because this guy's the best receiver in football no doubt. right now. No yeah, doubt. no doubt. He had a tough oh. week last week, so we'll see what he does uh, coming back this week. Yeah. All right, well, here's one more look, Ed, and that is Dolphins Chargers Sunday night. Uh, 6-0 and is the number, man, to tie – 
your guys are the uh, the pick six club of uh, Saratoga Courage Distillery. That was a perfect number posted a couple of weeks ago. Ed, thanks for doing the show, man. We appreciate your support. Bill Miller, as you know, working with him is uh, as good as it gets. And uh, <laughs> and we love having you as part of the show here each and every week on Honorado and Company. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Ed. That is Ed Revely from performance industrial when we come back here on honorado and company we are jumping into our weekly firewolf segment ethan walker is our guest this week and the home opener is not that far off now at the mvp arena with the albany firewolves back in just 30 seconds on honorado and company The Albany Firewolves professional indoor lacrosse team returns to the Capital Region. Season home opener, Saturday, December 17th at 7 p.m. at the MVP Arena. Get your tickets now at albanyfirewolves.com. Join the pack. And now, back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, Ash, I know you are beginning your deep dive into lacrosse <laughs> season as the sideline reporter for the Albany Firewolves. And so this is a segment that uh, you generally carry on the show. Thankfully, you are uh, as in tune with this team as anybody. A lot of new names, new faces. And yet to play a home game yet, but they are one and oh, and one of the new names and one of the new faces here in the 518 is Ethan Walker. And he is our guest right now on Honorado and Company. Ethan, man, thanks for doing the show. It's it's good to chat with you. How are you? Yeah, absolutely. Things are great. Uh, thanks for having me on. So Ethan's a, a guy who was on a Georgia team last year, and this is Ethan. The Firewolves hated to see you because between you and Lyle mm. and all of the firepower that was on that Swarm team, I think they were like, you know what, we're going to go get that guy and put him on our team because we don't want to see him all year long. Uh, what was game one like for you guys and just kind of getting into the flow? Obviously, it's different to do preseason and training camp, but finally getting out there playing a game, how would you rate that 11-10 win over Buffalo? You know, it was it was a hard fought battle for sure. And us coming in, we're we were definitely a new offense, right? We got Albany got rid of a lot of guys, and they made a little, uh, a couple off season moves. And you know, fortunately enough, we came together. We have a, a young, talented, athletic offense, and I think you know that helped us out in the long run. We were able to you know sustain long possessions. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, our defense played great. Dougie Jamison, you know, the best goalie in the league right now. He, he stood on his head for us. Our defense was awesome. And, you know, sometimes um, on offense, you just got to gut one out. And, you know, I thought that we did that uh, over the course of that game against Buffalo. Are you bummed out when you get traded? What, what is the emotional roller coaster of like you find out you've been traded? Maybe you're looking forward still to the next destination, but you're like, kind of torn because you're used to being with a, one group of teammates and now you're going to a different city, a different franchise, a whole different offensive set. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, being playing only in the league for, I guess this is my second year, you know, yeah. playing one year in Georgia and then getting traded. It, it's definitely a little bit different feeling, right? It's the first time I've been traded in my lacrosse career. So it was definitely a new experience for me. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, I think it was the right move. I think that I fit in well with Albany and the guys in the locker room. There's a you know, there's a ton of great guys on and off the floor. Um, and you know, I, I just think that um, for me personally, it, it's a great fit playing playing for Albany. And not to say that Georgia never treat, treated me right or anything like that. Yeah. But 
you know, being in Albany is a little bit different and, you know, the coaching staff is great too. And they, you know, see a lot of potential in me, which is, which is nice to see. Ethan, you brought up Dougie. Have you ever played with him before being on this team? No, I've never played with him, but I grew up playing against him. So I'm obviously from Peterborough, Ontario. So growing up playing minor lacrosse, he played for six nations. You know, we would play them all the time. And, you know, in practice, I still can't even score on him. So it's (laughs) just one of those things. I mean, the numbers that I saw, so he had 45 shots against him to Matt Vince's 27. Like he faced 18 more shots and you guys still won by a goal. When I looked at that, that to me is like, this is a guy who in the in the cage changes the game for a team. Absolutely, he does. I mean, like I said, he he played fantastic. Our defense, you know, they still did a great job. Buffalo has a tremendous offense. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of mm-hmm. firepower on their offense. You know, they're able to generate a lot of great scoring opportunities. But, you know, when you're shooting against Dougie Jameson, it's it's not that easy to do. And so, you know, we, as you mentioned, we didn't get as many shots on, on Matt Vince as we would have liked to. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we were able to to sneak one out and, and you know, score, score more than they did at the at the end of the day, right? So, um, yeah, again, Dougie Jameson, he, he was phenomenal in net. And, you know, throughout the season, we're going to see more of that. Home opener is in a week against Rochester. So you, you play Buffalo. You get all the New York teams out of the way here. You're going to play Buffalo and then you're going to play Rochester. It'll be your first home game uh, in Albany. As a as an athlete, as a player, do you look forward to that? How much of a difference do you kind of feel from like, okay, this is my first game with a new team in front of the home crowd? Yeah, absolutely. Playing in front of the home crowd it, it is is one of the greatest feelings, you know, having everyone cheering you on, you know, after after big goals are scored. Um, it's great to have the the crowd get involved. And, you know, especially my first ever game being playing in Bandit Land, you know, they they're a rowdy crowd and they can they can hype up Buffalo whenever they score. Right. And it's and it can be deflating when you're opposing team there. Right. So, you know, with that being said, coming coming to Albany for for our home opener here in a couple weekends. Um, it's going to be huge, and all we want is for the crowd to be involved and engaged with us. Ethan, what are what are your first impressions of playing for Clarky? You mentioned the coaching staff and how much they bring, but what is it like playing for him? What kind of coach is he? Oh, he he's a great coach. He he's a great leader. Um, he always knows the the right things to say, and he has a you know great great defensive coaches with him as well. And then obviously on the offensive end, we've been uh, working with Daryl Gibson, who who you know he's a defensive player but that makes him a great offensive coach because he knows what works, right? So it's um, it's a great dynamic that they have going on. And, you know, like I said, Clarky, he just, he knows the right things to say and he knows how to get the team fired up. And and he's great at, you know, managing the game, taking timeouts at the right time um, and, and all that. All right, Ethan, we're going to let you run, man. We appreciate you hanging out with us here for a little bit. Ashley, you'll see you on the field on the 17th. Yep. And uh, look forward to catching up with you uh, before this season is over again. Yep. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Ethan. Ethan Walker, one of the new members of this Albany Firewolves squad that's getting ready to play its home opener on Saturday. Asha, you've got to be fired up to get back into the swing of things. Your first year with this team last year, of course, it was the first year in Albany for this franchise. And I know you've enjoyed every single bit of being on the sidelines, being part of the, the game broadcast, and getting to know a lot of the guys. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And these are guys I always say, like, this is a professional league and and yet they're so accessible and so willing. And and so it just makes our job as media easier 
when the coaches, the players on both sides, the management, the organization, um, everyone is so willing to, and to kind of help spread the word, not only about the NLL, but yeah. box lacrosse, PLL, outdoor lacrosse, the game of lacrosse. It's not, you know, nobody has too big of an ego in this league. It, it's always so good to be around these guys who are just really happy to spread the game. Yeah, cool. And of course, we are your home for Firewolves games. My four seven thirty face off. So Honorado and company on my four on Saturday nights takes you from six to seven, and then hang out for a little bit. And face off between the Firewolves and Rochester will be at seven thirty on the seventeenth. All right, we're back right after this. Uh, the college football playoff matchups are set. The spreads are not as big as I thought, especially okay. one game. Okay. We'll talk about the matchups and and do we think these are going to be good games uh, or not? And then Kevin Herter gets his New York return for the first time as a member of the Sacramento Kings. Back right after this. The temperatures are dropping, which means the holidays are right around the corner. Tis the season at Elfenhouse Ski Shop, where you'll receive up to 50% off top ski and snowboard brands like K2, Vocal, Nordica, and LipTech. And check out our selection of footwear from Muck and Ugg as well as casual and hiking apparel from Patagonia and the North Face. We also have the latest in winter fashion from Fly Low, Marma, Obermeyer, and Helly Hansen. And an Alpenhouse gift card is the perfect gift for the adventure on your list. Alpenhouse in Amsterdam and Clifton Park. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Yes, crazy old bat. We did notice your absence, but it's great to have you back with us here watching on YouTube. Ryan as well. Good morning, buddy. Um, yeah, we'll do a podcast. Sure. No doubt. Tandem podcast. Sure. Yeah. Two for one. Um, like by the Gatto way, Gatto was during his act. He should. Gatto was super funny. Um, He's a funny guy. He is. Yeah. But you couldn't be more wrong about the number of dogs. I so he doesn't have them, dogs. but he doesn't have them living in his house. This is what he kind of explained. It's like a sanctuary. He's basically a nonprofit, and they're old senior dogs in need of some loving. Could you imagine? I would be crawling on the floor, just laying next to all these old dogs who just wanted belly rubs and to eat and live their life yeah. happily for however long they had left. It would be. I would give up my day job. It would be my dream. Are you going to the Pinstripe Bowl? Sam wants to know. Uh, no. I've been to the Pinstripe Bowl before. I went in 2000, I want to say like 08 or 09, whenever I had just graduated. Um, they played Kansas State at Yankee Stadium. To me, the luster's kind of worn off. It's always the Pinstripe Bowl for, for the Orange, which I guess is cool. I mean, Yankee Stadium is cool, but like it's almost like, eh, okay, go to the Pinstripe Bowl. Um, Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota's a good team. It should be a fun game. Yep. Um, but no, I will not be there, Sam. And Sean Tucker isn't going to play. So why go? No. And that's right. the thing. Like, you're not getting your big guns. Forget it. I've got Brazil. Uh, I'm in a pool. And yeah, how are you I doing picked, in that pool? I picked Brazil. I am four points out of first place. I'm in fourth. Okay. You're, you're in striking, within striking distance. Right. And I'm two of, I'm two, two of the four have Brazil. I'm one of them. Okay. And then the leader does not have Brazil. So that'll kind of give you an idea that I've got I've got a shot okay. to win that thing. All right, the college football playoff rankings, here's how the they they look finally. Georgia, Michigan, no change. TCU, no change. Ohio State sneaks in. 
with the loss of USC. Um, USC. Thank you. Uh, it was so long ago now to Utah, I almost forgot. Um, so Ohio State is in, and so these are the matchups we get with the point spreads. Now you got it right. I'm. This is a small number. I, I mean, I mean the match, Georgia. Sorry. I mean the. I didn't mean the spreads, but. Oh yeah, they got it. There was very little to haggle about this year. Um, you, you, the people who want to argue TCU should be out for having lost, get out of my face. They played a good Kansas State team. They went to overtime. Okay, they deserve to be in. Now you want to put them three or four, fine. But they didn't lose at home by more than twenty right. to a rival. That's Ohio State. The, the 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 rankings are what they should be. Here are the matchups. Who wins, Ash? Uh, I'll ask you now, and then I'll ask you as we get closer to the new year. Yeah, I'm going to go Michigan, Georgia. I'm going to go both favorites. Me too. Me too. I I don't know that Michigan covers. I think Georgia covers without too much of a problem. Okay. Yeah i I think Michigan could cover. Okay. I think they might. That's going to be a high-scoring game, I think, TCU-Michigan. Yeah. High-scoring Yeah, I agree. Game. Uh, Sunday at the Garden. This isn't so bad. Not a bad way to spend your Sunday. No. Kings-Knicks, 6 o'clock tip at MSG. Kevin Herter comes to town for the first time wearing that purple and black. Pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. And it, he's, he's played – he, he's playing well. I think the Sacramento thing. Listen, the Sacramento Kings are one of the most talked about teams in the NBA right now because of light the beam and everything else they've got going on. They're, they have the best record in the state of California. The Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, all those teams playing California. Best record in the state of California. Like that. I, even if it doesn't work out the rest of the way, like they've they've made themselves known. They've got good talent. Yeah, I mean, no. in terms of like, doesn't carry on, you know, it doesn't continue, but. No, they've got staying power. Yeah, Darren Fox is, a, he's not a superstar, but he's a star. I just mean, I don't know that they're going to outlast the Warriors all season long. Like oh, there are, I you know what I mean? There are. I see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah well, cool for him to be back. He played in Boston already this season. Yep. Um, so cool for him to be back. And he's been back to Atlanta. So now he comes back home. Um, and you know, there'll be a ton of. Oh, family members and yeah, they'll be, they'll be loving every, every bit of it uh, as they absolutely should. All right. So judge is back with the Yankees sigh of relief. Yeah. Yeah. Had to happen, right? Had to happen. Had to happen. I thought it would happen. I was going to be really stunned if he left. If you're watching us on TV, it may have already happened. This is live on a Thursday morning when we do the show on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Come hang out with us. Um, I'm still holding my breath on Dansby Swanson. Yep. You watch Braves, You watch the MLB network like it's your job when you get If the home. Braves don't sign Swanson, <laughs> it, it could be a long year in Atlanta. That's how important he is. Have a great weekend, everyone. We're back next week. Thanks for hanging out.